0: The Smart Nutrition Made Simple Show, episode number 34. Welcome to the show where we help you make smart nutrition simple so that you can fuel your best with less. Less time, less money, and less stress. I'm Ben Brown, co founder and CEO of BSL Nutrition, and I'm excited to have you join me on this journey. Each week, I'll be sharing expert advice from leaders in the field of nutrition, fitness, lifestyle, and supplementation who actually practice what they preach and are also on a mission to positively impact as many people as possible in a meaningful way. I want to thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to join me. And if you feel like there's anything in this episode that really resonates with you or you feel could positively impact someone you care about, then please share this with them, subscribe, and leave a positive rating and review. Today's episode is brought to you by my nutrition company, BSL Nutrition, and our all-in-one training drink called Complete Essentials. When you use the Complete Essentials, you'll no longer need pre-, during-, and post-workout supplements. You can save time, money, and energy, and get all the beneficial nutrients you need in one delicious, easy-to-mix drink. Make sure you guys stay tuned after the show where I'll share a nice little discount for all of our listeners on your first product purchase. Hey guys, welcome back to the Smart Nutrition Made Simple Show. I'm your host, Ben Brown, co-founder and CEO of BSL Nutrition, and today we've got my buddy Curtis Jackson owner of Jackson Strength on the show. Jackson Strength is a facility specializing in youth volleyball and baseball athletes and adult obstacle racers. Curtis is the founder of the Warrior Dad coaching program that helps dads reclaim their health, vitality, and athleticism through nutrition, fitness, and mindset training. And Curtis is currently working on a hunting academy to take place in Kauai in early summer and late spring that will teach newbie hunters how to kill gut, skin, butcher, and cook their own meat. Sounds fascinating, and it is fascinating. Which is a lot of what we talk about on this episode of the Smart Nutrition Made Simple show. We talk about what it means to be a good dad, to provide good food to our family, and the process of creating more oneness, if you will, with our with our food, um, with our environment with our community and culture, uh, and all of the facets that help us be a better husband, father, mentor, business owner, and, and really just a productive member of society. So this was a good one for me. Curtis and I have been close for a long time uh, and have kind of come up through the ranks, if you will, and in terms of watching each other learn and grow in both fitness and nutrition but as well as in life and family and so we both have young families and and so there's a lot of things that we have in common um that we're good to talk about so i hope you guys enjoy this episode with jackson strength owner curtis jackson curtis jackson what's up my brother
1: how's it going ben
0: good dude what's been going on in your life
1: Oh man, Uh, up here in Montana right now, just got done with a two and a half week trip to Southern California to check on Jackson Strength, see some family, Um, but now I'm back up here in Montana, lots of snow, and uh, digging my Montana lifestyle, a little bit slower paced, and uh, uh, yeah, just back here, and uh, you know, just super fired up, and about uh, some new stuff we got going on, and uh, just kind of stoked to talk to you about it today.
0: Yeah, buddy, it's it's really good to catch up again. We've known each other for a long time. And so what's the deal now? So you're splitting time between Whitefish and San Diego, but your gym's in San Diego. How are you running, how are you kind of working those things?
1: Oh man, you know, I'm super blessed. I've got a great staff. I mean, first and foremost, I gotta give all the credit to them. There's no way I could be doing what I'm doing living in Whitefish, Montana, and running a business in Solana Beach, California. Um, without them. So, you know, it's a pretty basic structure. I've got two gym managers and uh, one of them is always working. So they're, you know, maintaining quality control. Um, They're always there and they're just awesome. You know, um, Jeff and Matt, you know, quick shout out to you guys. And, you know, the whole staff's awesome. All of the the part-time trainers that work underneath them, they do a great job. We just got a really cool culture. I've always hired on Um, character and, uh, you know, and passion for the industry. And that has been a pretty good blueprint to get good people in there to keep the culture fun. And they're always learning on their own and bringing stuff to the table and improving Jackson's strength. Actually, believe it or not I did not even think it could be possible but Jackson strengths training right now is the best it's ever been without me being there it's um so I've got fresh ideas coming from the from the young folk in there that are on the on the on the web and and in, and in school learning new stuff and they bring that to me and we're able to keep modifying what we're doing and just keep improving it so it's pretty good I gotta just you know I, I built the systems I, I, for a little credit for myself I to scale myself, um, everything's got a system in there. Uh, any any you know uh, absentee owner will tell you, you know, it's all about the systems and. Mm-hmm. and staff. And it really boils down to that. We do weekly check-ins over Zoom, like we're recording this one, where we have all the um, coaches go through, um, you know, they're, they're basically their they're heck yes and their heck no's, you know, uh, you we know, don't use quite nice language. Um, but, um, um, and they just go, we just go, we round table it and they just tell us what's the, you know, they tell me what they're, what they're digging, what they're not digging. And, uh, and we uh, come up with solutions and implement, the, uh, you know, get more of the good stuff, less of the bad stuff.
0: Dude, that's good. That's a that's a pretty good testament to to you and the model that you created and the culture that you've, you know, culture and community that you've implemented to be able to be 3,000 miles away or however far it is and yeah. and still be running a show and even have the show, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs will say that things should be running just as well if not better when they actually remove themselves from the business. So, kudos to you for that. That's pretty cool to see. Um, again, Thanks. it's because because we've gone down this road together. You know, we've known each other for more than 10 years now, kind of starting with with our um, certification program, sitting next to each other in class and kind of just like figuring shit out along the way. And, and yeah. while we each have our own respective journeys um, that we've endured, it's been fun. It's been fun watching that journey unfold with yeah. you. So I'm, I'm proud of you, man. That's good stuff. Thanks.
1: I appreciate it. And it's not all you know, it's not all rainbows and butterflies. It was a a major learning curve coming up here. The business actually suffered quite a bit as I learned um, uh, how to do it and how to do it properly. Um, You know, my exit strategy to come up here was not ideal. I didn't communicate well enough to my staff and our families that were at the gym. And Crystal and I learned a huge lesson from that. Um, And business dropped. So it got to a uh, a pretty not dire place you know but it, it was it was not good and so um, in fact one trip we went down to check out the gym and uh, we met, it, was, it was supposed to be a scheduled two week trip and we ended up staying there for six weeks just to write yeah. and things that we saw and just a huge learning experience and i mean by any means i don't want this to come off like i'm not learning still um but because uh, it, it's a huge learning experience all of it and a great one and um you know looking forward to now that we're kind of getting the momentum going things are definitely going back in the right direction now and just seeing what we can really accomplish even though we're not there and exceeding my own expectations of what i thought was possible like you mentioned i i don't think i ever would have realistically thought that the gym could be better without me there than with me there. And that's what we currently got now.
0: Well, let me ask. So what, I mean, what was the impetus originally to like as the gyms, you know, you, you started a a, a coaching business in Solana beach, right? You guys are coaching um, athletes, a lot of high school athletes, volleyball, basketball, baseball. Um, and, and the business is starting to do well, right? You've been, you've been in the trenches for, Years right, grinding, training, one gym to the another, slowly building your clientele, slowly building your tribe, your community, and then you're finally, you know, growing, and then all of a sudden you want to remove yourself from the business and move across the country. What was the impetus to do that?
1: You know, it sounds funny coming from somebody that owns a gym, um, but I was getting, um, I was, I was getting burnout on the gym, um, and. Being in the immediate area, I felt an obligation to be at the gym, even though I was extremely burnt out on it. And that wasn't the, the main reason for the move, but the other big factor was being in such a high-profile, high-pressure area um san diego california anywhere in southern california and you know various other spots throughout the country obviously the pressure on youth athletes is so high mm-hmm. and um you know and, and, and so many kids with very little balance in their lives um you know, you've got kids that are playing year round soccer or whatever their sport is by six seven eight years old they're stressing out because they haven't gotten their scholarship offer by 12 you know as yeah. far as the, the academic, the athletic, the social pressures, everything around that area. And as, as you can test, be a testament to when you've got young kids and you're evaluating um, where you want those kids to grow up, I started, you know, it was around that same time when I started hunting in Montana and really falling in love with um, the, the space, the people. Um, and being up here, uh, you really realize the kids have a lot more balance in their life. You know, it's not sunny 365 days a year is practically like, um, like, uh, like San Diego. It's sunny for sure. Two months out of the year, you know, every other, every other day of the year is a total crapshoot. It could be snow. It could be rain. It could be, so you're not having kids. They can't play soccer year round. They can't play baseball year round. Like the only thing I think they do year round is swimming, which is indoors. And it's, you know um so the kids up here they hunt they fish they ski they cross country they downhill ski cross country ski you just have a lot more the kids still in this community play three sports in high school it's like you know yeah. for me yeah. i was like i want to take my kids back in time a little bit and effectively that's kind of what i've done coming up here um you know it's just a little bit more small hometown a little bit more community and um you know just love the people and so yeah, I just really started getting addicted to the the concept of balance in life. And I wanted to be able to offer that to my kids um, without taking them to a part of Montana that was, they didn't have any options where there definitely is parts Mm -hmm. of Montana where you're very secluded and you don't have any soccer teams. You don't have any uh, jujitsu studios or gymnastics or, you know, stuff that is really, really beneficial for young kids growing up.
0: Yeah, that's cool. I, you know, I grew up in Minnesota and So same type of type of deal is screw up, you know, seasons, all kinds of different sports and and just a really good kind of down home community, nice people. And and I don't know, there's something to be said about when you experience the seasons. I totally miss it. I miss Minnesota, I miss the snow. I mean, don't get me wrong, I I I enjoy having sunshine year-round here in Phoenix, but with that said, I can imagine um the That type of culture getting old really quick, where it's there 's so much pressure on the kids, and no one wants to see that and trying to uh, achieve as much balance as possible for your family and and so, as your kids are getting older, so you guys make the move, how old are your kids now?
1: six and four,
0: yeah, 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 cool. six and four, and so you guys are in whitefish half the year, and so talk to me a little bit about your hunting and because I've seen you posting a lot about that lately. We've been talking about it. You're taking me hunting with you next season. Uh, right. What's the deal with the hunting? Like, why has it become such a big part of your life?
1: Um, For me? Well, um, I have a, I had a client that I was working with um, and uh, he's become since a, a good friend of mine, by, a man by the name of Tim Chanel. And he, uh, has some property here in Montana and I was always training him. And as you know, when you're training people, you guys, you talk a lot, one-on-one personal training. You talk a lot. You get to know people very well, um, their families. I mean, you know, kids birthdays. So, um, we became great friends and, um, you know, he was telling me about hunting in Montana. Simultaneously, I'm like buying cow shares and I'm, you know, I'm getting chicken imported from, you know, Indiana Mm -hmm. farm where they, they first started doing pastured poultry and he's like you're doing all this like you know crazy stuff which appeared crazy to him you know and he's like why don't you just why don't you just come hunting and get your own and I was like, "Well, that just sounds perfect." It was a very foreign, you know, hunting community. This is just four or five years ago, so not very long ago. And I was like, "Well, you know, if if you want to take me to Montana, I am down to go." So I, you know, I um, I just started learning as much as I could about hunting, and um, I had an old .308 uh, six rifle that my father in law had uh, given me. So I was like, "Well, I got my gun, and um, and let's go." And so. Then uh, obviously came out to Montana. I had my first taste of success. First animal I ever shot in the wild was an elk, and um, you know then once I and. That experience in itself isn't what really draws me to it. Um, I'm not it, the killing is actually very hard for me. I have a lot of um, polarizing emotions when it comes to hunting. Um, the real benefit and the real uh, you know, thing that draws me to it is when I unpackage that meat at home. And I then put that meat right on my family's table. And now living in Montana, I am the only one outside of my kids that helped me grind and package it as well And occasionally crystal will jump in there but i'm the only one that handles that meat you know i do the deed I, I shoot the animal i gut the animal skin the animal you know i age the meat and then i come home and i butcher it and i put it in packages and i take it out and i cook it so from the you know from the time that animal was walking around the forest to the time that it gets to my kids plates especially it really hits me with the kids because knowing that they're growing up on that um this is a very powerful feeling and i I can't help but think it's something to do with our DNA as men that it's a very good, powerful feeling, um, uh, one of extreme accomplishment to be able to do all those things and provide uh, you know, sustenance for your child. And I'm totally addicted to that part of it, um, which is a big reason, and I'm sure we'll get into it, that I'm so passionate about this Warrior Dad coaching program that I got because it does end with a hunt um, in Hawaii, a wild boar hunt where we go through all those steps of killing, um, you know, gutting, skinning, butchering, and then cooking it so that, you know, a lot of other dads can, can experience what is so important to me. And that is that feeling of, um, you know, providing food for your family.
0: Yeah, dude, that's, that's awesome. And I mean, I've never been hunting before. I don't know if I've ever killed anything aside from, you know, the stray, bird or with a slingshot or BB gun or something like that. But man, there's, there's a few things that really, um, you know, are intriguing for me with that. And, and where I can see where you're coming from is one is absolutely providing the best quality food for ourselves and our family as possible. And, you know, a lot of times, I mean, we, we dig in so much nowadays with the types of foods that we're eating, right. Is it are we eating meat is meat good for you is it bad for you is it organic is it free range is it cage free whatever all this terminology that at the end of the day most of the food that we're eating like you said has been touched by multiple hands and facilities and packaged and oftentimes uh, altered in some way fed things that it probably shouldn't be eating or isn't meant to be eating that that in and of itself has been altered and chemically sprayed and, and shit like that. So, um, just, just getting down to, you know, oneness with the food that you're eating, the meat that you're eating, if you're going to eat meat, I imagine. I mean, for me, that seems like it's the most logical, um, logical thing to do. The, the second thing, and I, I'd love to hear about your experiences with this is separating ourselves from civilization from technology and getting out into wilderness and kind of foraging and you know and, and doing the things that humans are meant to do what have you experienced with uh, you know that aspect of hunting
1: well you know it's funny because more and more technology is invading the hunting space um, there's there's apps for everything there's you know, I have an app on my phone that clearly delineates public from private property, you know, um, if I'm 200 yards away from a fence, uh, or an unmarked, uh, an unmarked border between public and private land. Um, and there's a, there's a deer, you know, nearby or an elk or whatever happened to be hunting an antelope. Um, I better damn well be sure that I'm not going to shoot an animal on some private land. You know, that stuff is very beneficial. So nowadays where, before you could totally get off the grid, your phone's worthless. Uh, you're you're truly out there. Nowadays, you actually do have some stuff that that is actually um, very helpful and can keep you out of trouble from doing something that you know can really sour a hunting experience because you know and I've you know been out there and I've uh, I've done you know things out there that I just didn't feel good about and it's not a great feeling and not on purpose of course but just making you know rookie mistakes as I was learning and um you know to, to to go from the uh the the great feeling of landing an animal after you've been freezing your ass off for three days and then you walk up and you find that animal is maybe not the animal you thought it was maybe you shot you know that not enough antlers or not enough points on the antlers or um maybe it's on private land so a lot of these things really help i mean i've actually looked up the regulations on montana's fish and game website before i've shot in a deer before like it's sitting right there and awesome. i was like hey, just to make sure i want to make sure that that deer has enough points on its antlers before i shoot it because there's nothing worse than um shooting something where there's this angst this anxiety if you've done something illegal yeah. last year I got a, a deer that um, from far away, I had the doe tag. I shot a deer from far away and I walked up on it and it was actually a buck. It had a tiny antler on one side, broken off on the other, had a tiny antler on one side and I was stressing so hard. Fortunately, that antler was less than four inches, which is, is um, you know, kept me legal, but it's just a very negative feeling. So that technology, while great, it keeps you out of a lot of hot water, it can, you know, denature, literally, the experience of actually just being out there, not having your face on a screen. So I try as much as possible to stay off my phone, especially if I'm um, sitting while I'm hunting. I'll bring a book, actually. I just, I'm naturally, I like to, I'm curious, I like to do stuff. It's hard for me to just sit and do nothing. I'll bring a book so that I'm not busting out my phone and, and looking at a screen or something like that. But on the whole, I think we have, uh, you know, uh, what uh, I think his name is James Louve talks about in, in a couple of his books, like nature deficit disorder. So just being out there, even if you do have your phone, is still obviously way better than, you know, sitting at home on your phone, on a couch, and being comfortable watching TV or or whatever, and then also getting, getting kids out there as well, grooming the boys to get out there as well, which I'm super excited about.
0: So what do, the kid, what, do the, what do the boys seem to think about your newfound adventures and, and the prospect of them becoming hunters and, and the fact that, like, do they have the appreciation for the fact that they're eating meat that you worked hard to obtain?
1: Yeah, that's a very strong theme in our household, which another thing that I'm totally addicted to is that the kids have very... Uh, high respect of all of the protein that they eat, you know, it's always, they're always very thankful for that, which at four and six, you know, I, you know, whenever I question how well I'm doing as a father, you know, it's one of the things I can draw back on and say, Hey man, you're not doing such a bad job when your your kids. Well, they won't, they know better. Do not waste any of that food. You know, that, that animal, they're very aware of the effort and the life that was taken to acquire that food. So um, it's a very strong theme in our house and I'm so stoked that it is. And Dylan, actually, my oldest, my six-year-old, he accompanied me on, a, on, a, on, a, on a, my last deer of the season, and we shot a deer together. Um, I pulled the trigger, obviously, but he was he was there with me. And um, and uh, it was this crapshoot. I didn't know if he was too young, if he was going to sour him on hunting and seeing the dead animal, but he actually, um, he really loved it. He, like, liked it too much. I was like, hey, buddy, like, this is... <laughs> He was like, it was, it was, it was like a perfect scenario. There's a blood trail. So we're tracking blood trail in the snow and the whole deal. But he found the animal. He's like, kind of like jumping up and down. And I'm like, Hey buddy, this is like, this is actually fairly emotional for me. And it's time to actually, this is where I sit down and I just really pay my respect to the animal. And so hooting and hollering and celebrating like that is somewhat disrespectful, in my opinion to the animal. So let's just take a minute. Let's, you know, you know, sit down, let's put our hands on this animal and really thank it for the meat and um, everything that it's going to provide for us. You know, the leftovers all go to the dog. Like it really, the bones all go into soup. And so we really do a good job using that whole thing. And I'm really, really proud of myself as a dad, actually, for being able to instill that in them. And now it's like, dad, can, when can I shoot a moose? I'm like, well, let's, uh, let's back up. Let's back up, you know, let's maybe, maybe shoot some birds first. And, uh, but um, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool.
0: So you're kind of taking this, you know, your life journey and, and, you know, what I, what I appreciate and and respect a lot about you is every time we talk, you know, you're kind of, you've got something new, like, you know, something new with fitness and, and you're kind of focusing on something new for nutrition because you've had a lot of joint issues throughout your career, you know, being a professional athlete and, and, and so, you know, you had been focused on volleyball your whole life and you opened up a successful training facility and now you serve a lot of young volleyball players so that they can, uh, minimize risk of injury and become stud athletes. And many of them do and, and are, and as you evolve as a person, you continue to evolve your business, um, which is really cool to see, um, because you're always learning and, and growing as a person and trying to share that knowledge. And so now you're in a position where you're, you know, you're a middle-aged dad. And and so what is your business looking like now that you've got Jackson Strength in Solana Beach? And you had mentioned, uh, you know, the Warrior Dad program. Tell us a little bit about how you created that and what that's all about.
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, it was pretty basic. The Warrior Dad, I mean, it's not like trademarked. There's no fancy landing page. There's no curriculum. For me, I've always, um, going back to kind of me jumping from thing to thing, I, I just really place a high importance on doing what fills me up, what fulfills me. Right now, you asking me question fulfills me. Me being able to share my knowledge, you know, um, that really fulfills me. And sharing my knowledge inspires me to learn more. So it's just like this really cool, you know, self, like the circle that I get into where share knowledge, want to learn more, share knowledge, people are asking me questions. I don't know the answer to that perfectly. Acquire more knowledge. That that's a really good, fulfilling thing for me. And I started realizing, you know, I, we we do the family drive from Montana when we're going for like two or three weeks. We drive. I I, I have a lot of time to think. I throw on podcasts and whatever. But this um, these on these drives, I have a lot of time to what really. And when I boil it down to what makes me happy, what, what fulfills me and a couple of things that make me happy are answering questions you know, from people, which, which we're all doing now. And then also helping my friends uh, when, when they do ask me questions. I love when my friends ask me questions. They never do, um, you know, hardly ever, occasionally I'll get them. And so I started thinking, well, how can I you know, develop a program based on that? And that's where the warrior dad uh, concept came into play. It's completely over Voxer, which is, it for, for you out there that don't know what Voxer is, it's just a little hand. It's just a walkie-talkie app on your phone. You just press a button, and you just basically leave a message, a voice message. So, um, you know, my clients can send me a Voxer. Hey, I'm struggling with uh, breakfast. What can I do? I get that message, and I just reply right back within 12 hours. And everybody's different. There's no set. I, I'm, I'm very not dogmatic about anything. I'm really interested in um, you know, providing guidance for that person's particular situation. That's why I don't have, you know, well, you have to drink X amount of water before we do anything, or you have to get X amount of sleep before we do anything. Everybody is so different and I just want to leave it free flowing. So it's more of like a mentorship, um, style coaching program, free flowing, now that being said, it's a six month program. The first two months are intensive, lots of communication, some phone calls as well. Second two, I'm kind of like, you know, all right, little birdie, leave the nest a little bit. And then the last two months, we really try to get them kind of more on their own. And then it culminates um, with, uh, with uh, all of my coaching clients going on a hunt, actually a dog and knife, wild uh, boar hunt in Y um, at the end of the summer. And, uh, you know, the dog and knife thing, it's, um, and it's, uh, it, it kind of sounds like a little of like of a, a bloodthirsty uh, cause basically the dogs, uh, pin down the, the, the boar and then you walk up, jump on top of the boar and knife to the vitals. And, and it, it can appear like, Oh my gosh, you guys are like savages or something like that. For me, it's, it's an even closer way to be one with my meat. You know, it sounds macabre however you pronounce that word, it sounds a little little gnarly, but I've never felt the life of that animal go out from underneath me. And for me, it's just one more step closer to um, really appreciating my meat. It's going to be a more emotional connection. It's going to be harder on me emotionally to do that and to feel that life dissipate from underneath me. But, you know, I know that I'm going to appreciate that meat even more. So I'm not done finding ways to, uh, you know, have to, to appreciate the food that's on the table and also to extend that onto my family. So, um, and then, you know, the guy the guys that uh, end up with, with me are going to definitely feel that too. It's, uh, I mentioned hunting be very, being very polarizing emotionally. I don't like killing. I don't like killing at all, which is, I think, a misconception of a lot of hunters that they are bloodthirsty. They like killing there's some out there that give hunting a bad name and surely they just like to kill stuff that's not me though and that's not the people that i hunt with we have a deep respect an emotional connection to the animals that we hunt. And so, um, and, uh, and then, you know, the program, you know, kind of more, even, even more so culminates with them being able to bring home that meat to their family and share that story. And then all the now, uh, by association and the family now starts to appreciate the food and the life, um, that was, you know, that the food that's on their plate and the life that was taken in order to provide it.
0: That sounds cool, man. So, well, one is I want to go hunting in Kauai. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You're in. You have to be part of the program to do it. I'm All you right.
0: Up. Uh, so come in. Two, you know, because, well, two is is what what do you think that dads like us are? What, what are the things that we're struggling with that most dads, young dads, are struggling with on a daily basis? That you can help with that we can help with um what are the what are the facets of fitness and nutrition and mindset and lifestyle and you know you know what do guys what are guys struggling with these days
1: well i think that deep down we're all kind of struggling with like a purpose what what is our what is our purpose you know we have kids and it's obviously you know part of that is to raise respectful honest you know good kids um But what does that look like? Um, You, like other dads, know that kids, and one of my favorite quotes from John Medina in Brain Rules for Baby, and I'm kind of going to butcher the quote, but essentially it's, you know, kids will never be great listeners, but they'll always be great imitators. Mm. So I want to help dads, which, uh, you know, be the change, be the person that they want their kids to end up being. And a lot of that is mindset. It's how we react to rough situations. It's how we speak. What is our vocabulary? Is there a lot of, I can't, I can't, I can't, Mm -hmm. or there's a lot of, I'll figure that out. I'll figure that out. I'll figure that out. What we say, what we do, all these things are trickling on down the line. So, um, I really, that's where the mindset stuff comes in to play mostly. (laughs) A lot of dads, I think, are struggling with their mindset and, um, and really just need to kind of adjust their mindset so that the way that they think about life and the way that they approach life is, complete, is not completely 180, but really shifted into that of – you know, constant, like appreciating the growth and appreciating, um, you know, failure for for the learning opportunity and not everything, um, you know, is all based you know, success oriented or, uh, you know, basing it on the final um, Mm -hmm. final success. But, and that's where I really am inspired with this program is with the, with the warrior dad thing. You know, when I really boiled it down to, well, why do I want to work with other dads? Because I really feel like the next generation is getting a little bit of a raw deal with how they're being raised. And, um, you know, and, and there's a lot of dads out there that they just don't know what to do. There's so much information. You know exactly what I'm talking about like too much information like we can get caught up and you and I even with as much as we know we get caught up at this nutrient and that nutrient and it does this and this and this and they're like why am I feeling like crap and you're doing all these variables and you look back and like oh yeah I just didn't sleep for um, my normal eight hours three days in a row that's why I'm almost that tired or sick and, and so just giving people like distill down a lot of this knowledge and a lot of this hype and being able to distill that down to the average dad that they don't have The passion nor the time to dive into this stuff like you and I do. And then, you know, and then just a lot of guys out there, they know, they've heard, they're smart enough, they just need a little direction. They might feel a little bit of hopelessness and then then they just need somebody to, you know, switch the mindset first, get them going on the right path, and then design an exercise program that is actually gonna, you know, fulfill two main things A, it's gonna be work, and B, it's gonna be, they're gonna do it. Um, you can make the yeah. best problem in the world. If no one does it, it's, it's all for naught. So that's what I mean by keeping things individualized. You know, one client might be a former, uh, collegiate, you know, linebacker or something. And he just needs, a, he, he, he loves the weight room. So you just got to fine tune that for him where you might have a guy that's never done any sports at all. It's like, all right, well, here's your new goal. You're what you're doing is just basically walking, you know, <laughs> you're gonna, you're going to, you're going to do two mile walk four days a week. And we're going to start there. Um, so, I think that's the main thing is there's so much information. It's the age of technology and immediate, uh, immediate info that a lot of guys are just left wondering, well, this guy told me that this guy told me that I don't know where to start. Like, just, just mm-hmm. tell me what to do. <laughs> that's oh, really? that was the genesis of the warrior dad program.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I think uh, the biggest components is accountability and, um, and community. And like you said, there's so much information out there. And as dads, as men, as, you know, business owners, we feel like we have to be great at everything. We have to feel like we're just like the best dad in the world. And if we're not, you know, on all the time, we're not being the dad that we need to be. And if we're not crushing it in business, then we're not, you know, we're not good enough. If, if we're not, um, you know, uh, emotionally present all the time. If we're not crushing it in the gym and have six pack abs, it's like, it's it's just not possible for most of us to have all of those things going on at once. And I think men need to understand that that's okay. And you know, you've got permission um, to have seasons, just like we have seasons in our business, we have seasons in our life, we have seasons in our fitness and our body composition and there's times when you can really turn it on and and focus on getting super lean. And there's times when you need to like just back off a little bit. You're not sleeping enough. You're working really hard on your business. And that's cool. And there's times when it's you're probably gonna neglect your kids a little bit um, because you're doing the things that you need to do to grow your business. Um, and that's cool too. But then there's other times when you need to put it on the back burner and understand that, hey, now's time now you know now's time where you need to do family and 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 so having that accountability, having that community, having that support, and then the guidance to be able to learn and grow, I think is absolutely crucial. So that Warrior, you know, Warrior Dad program sounds, sounds like it's something that a lot of guys can benefit from. Um, and I'm glad yeah. that we had the opportunity to talk about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you hit it on the head. I mean, you got to play the long game, right? If you're working out seven days a week, but you're not, uh, you know, you're not doing what it takes to uh, put food on the table as far as run your business or, or or be a provider. That way, that's obviously a life out of balance. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other, uh, the reverse is obviously true. If you're a workaholic, but you're not getting into the gym and you're not taking care of your body, well, your children are learning from both of those. They're either learning that exercise. It can ruin a family and not, not ruin a family, but exercise can can hurt a family and um and then on the flip side that you know working hard can hurt a family when there there's room for both you know there's room to be a pretty darn hard worker and a pretty uh, good exerciser and then look at what you're eating, but you don't have, you know, the extremes are really where of anything is where people get lost. Sure. If I'm training for like the Spartan race that's coming up here in, uh, in Montana here in May. Yeah. Like that last month, I'm going to be like crushing my body to like, that out, but I can't do that year round. My business will suffer, my family life will suffer. But the long game—if you take the trends over years and years and years—you can look back and say, you know, I worked out a pretty good amount. I worked a pretty good amount. I spent a lot of time with my family. I worked on my marriage. You can kind of look back and say, overall, that last year or however long it was, I really did a good job. You know, improving myself a little bit in a lot of areas. You know I think that is very powerful and that's the difference between you and I and the kid that is in our gym right now working towards a, a scholarship where they're hyper focused on one thing getting their grades and you know um getting better at their at their craft and then I think as we get older uh, a little more you know you get a little more balanced and you start to you know um, have a lot more uh, you know balls in the air that you, you've got to you know kind of improve on
0: yeah yeah for sure So I'm going to ask you a couple questions here um, and then we'll wrap it up. But uh, what is, we kind of covered this, but what's one thing that makes you a great dad?
1: Oh man, good question. Um, I would say that I readily admit when I'm wrong with my kids. It's easy to get into a, I'm 41, you're six. Just like shut up and do it, you know, mindset um, or, you know, um, realize that you've made a mistake and, um, and and never feel the need to apologize or, or whatever. So I think that I've been pretty good about that, like, you know, especially with my young son, uh, my, my oldest son, and, you know, I've, I've been pretty hard on him a, a couple times. And, of course, I walk away feeling terrible and, you know, you know, you know the whole deal. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, me being able to go back to him and say, hey, buddy, you know, I reacted in a, in a very negative way and I'm really sorry about that. Like, that is not who I am. It's not who I want you to be. And really just have, you know, open that dialogue um, early of We're, none of us are perfect. And um, so I think that would be one trait that, that makes me a good dad. And, and also the fact that I'm always learning. Um, that I, I just am constantly trying to improve as a dad, as a husband, and um, you know, never resting on my laurels as far as um I that I've got it figured out and always looking to other dads and stuff for their uh advice on how they're getting through things and um you know, always learning means that you're never stuck in your ways. And so um that's one thing that I'm that I'm pretty proud of myself as a dad.
0: What do you think is your biggest weakness? As a dad? No, just in general.
1: <laughs> um, my probably my biggest weakness is uh, uh, very attached to my one of my biggest strengths. I am, uh, I'm I, I just like you mentioned. I I constantly like to learn. I constantly like to experiment. My biggest weakness is, is uh, you know, kind of probably my self-diagnosed ADD. You know, I love <laughs> new things and you know, that is how, that's why I designed this Warrior Dad program the way I did. So I wasn't stuck in any one, you know, uh, box, but... You know, I, you know, I will, Oh, Hey, I read about this new supplement. And then, you know, instead of trying it for two months, I'll I do one bottle and then I'll never think about it again. Or, you know, some new exercise routine or something that I think is going to help my knees. You know, I'll do it for like a couple times. That's my biggest weakness is, um, yeah. Bouncing all over the place, all over the time, which serves me good, um, for being on a podcast. It would not serve me good for running a podcast. Um, so that's probably my biggest weakness is I just like to maybe jump around too much. I've learned to embrace it and structure my life. So that it benefits me, but it still, it still gets me, uh, you know, off, off track quite a bit.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think that's a common trait with a lot of us entrepreneurs. Is we just get yeah. blinded, you know, by shiny objects all <laughs> over the place. We're like, oh, I'm completely, and we and then we did this. You know, you and I have done this so many times throughout our, our careers. Just like completely change directions. Oh no, no, no. Now I'm focusing on this, or you know, now I'm going to go study nutrition. Now I'm going to go study massage therapy. Now I'm going to go, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, well, there's
1: this, like kind of, especially nowadays. There's this follow your passion. Like there's only one passion, right? Like, well, hey, I'm not the kid that knew I wanted to be a doctor when I was seven years old. And that's what I ended up doing. You know, I am still the kid trying to figure out what my passion is. If something's not my passion anymore, I just drop it. So I guess on one hand, we're very fortunate that we get to experiment with a lot of things and try it out because I remember me and you when we first got into this industry, we were studying everything. It was like, I mean I bought a book entirely about the cervical spine like who the hell actually wants to read that you know and yeah. <laughs> you know and so after you start whittling it down and you you know I think that's the beauty of experience is that you get to really find what your uh, as my my business coach is your soul's essence you know like what really is like deep inside of you that that really drives you and you know that's why I think finding out what the the, the really the deepest layer of what drives you is so important and that way, kind of the surface things are all ways, you know, all the many ways that I've looked around and experimented stuff were just ways to kind of, you know, satisfy what's deep inside me. So finding out what's deep inside me and, and my why for a lot of things has kind of helped me to uh, get a little more focused, but I kind of like the fact that yeah.
0: Heck yeah. So, so with that said, what are a couple of the people or resources that you've been following and learning from this past year?
1: Um, one of the, um, one of the most, the things I'm the most interested in on right now is the concept of, uh, time restricted eating, um, fasting, um, Dr. Walter Longo, he's an Italian, uh, researcher. He's over at the USC, I don't know, school of gerontology or something like that, but he's one of the lead researchers on the benefits of actually fasting. and um, and your body's ability to regenerate itself. Whereas you and I largely have been in this field of a, um, you know, you know, this, you have this problem, fix fix it with this. You have that problem, fix it with that. Where this is more the fasting and the time-restricted eating is uh, more along the lines of let's let your body repair itself and fix, you know, a broad base of maladies versus kind of this for that. Concept, So I really love that stuff. I first got into that through uh, Dr. Rhonda Patrick's podcast, which is amazing. It's a little higher level uh, nutrition talk for anybody out there that is looking for extra nutrition um, uh, guidance. It's a little bit higher level stuff. Um, but for any of, uh, anybody in our industry, if you're not listening to that podcast, um, I, I would suggest that one. And then also Ben Greenfield's podcast is one that I really like. Some people don't, you can't, don't dig his sense of humor. Um, I, I can handle it. I like it. Um, or some people think he's a little narcissistic, but it doesn't seem to bother me. Um, and I, I, and I think that's a little bit lower level stuff. That's very applicable to a lot of people. Um, so those are two of my favorite resources and, um, and ones that I spend a lot of time listening to on my drives. Um, but I'm super interested. Like I just did the five day, uh, fasting mimicking diet that Dr. Walter Longo, um, designed. And it's basically five days of very low calories to trick your body into thinking it's fasting. And, um, I felt, you know, outside of the low energy and stuff, I felt really good while I was doing it. I was sleeping great. My skin got really clear. My eyes got really clear. Um, and so he recommends you do that, like anywhere from one to 12 times a year, uh, that style. And I just recently got his book and it's really, really interesting called the longevity diet. And uh, I'm working my way through that right now.
0: Yeah. You had mentioned that earlier. So I was just looking into that before we got on the call and I, I'm going to check it out. Uh, because yeah. The experience. basic,
1: um, you know, the basic oversimplified summary is while you're fasting, your body goes into cleanup mode, gets rid of a bunch of dead shitty cells um, on your liver, dead shitty cells on your, your heart. You know, just the, you know, we're 41, we've accumulated some dead shitty cells that are just doing nothing, but you know, potentially causing trouble later on your body cleans the house. When you refeed after the five days, then your body has a massive influx of stem cells. And then that goes back in and rebuilds everything. So things actually shrink in your body. Your liver shrinks. Your your organs shrink while you're on the fasting diet. Then they're rebuilt with new stem cells after you refeed. So for me and you in the 40-plus in the club, are you in the 40-plus club?
0: Uh, yeah. It's just to be clear here… Uh, yeah. I'm not 41, I'm 38, so you can take <laughs> your old ass and, uh, <laughs> uh, and take I, your 48, uh, 40-year-old club somewhere there, else.
1: You're behind me there when I was... I'm sick. not there yet, brother. <laughs>
0: uh. Yeah, so anyways, that's good. That That's good. I've been experimenting a lot. And we've, you know, I've had a lot of people on the show that we've talked about intermittent fasting and different types of intermittent fasting, so this will be cool. Yeah. Um, maybe yeah, I'll check one it
1: really cool thing real quick. You know, I think it, a lot of the, the female listeners out there, um, one of the researchers, I, I forget her name. She's over at UCSD, but they found that there was a 40% reduction in breast cancer. Um, uh, Uh, women that previously had breast cancer of them, uh, getting it again, 40% reduction just by using the time restricted eating window of 12 hours. So they basically didn't change any dietary habits at all, but except for that, they made sure that they only ate within a 12 hour window. So that's a pretty powerful, somewhat easy dietary change to make in order to have a huge impact on, um, your chances of acquiring or reacquiring, uh, breast cancer.
0: Yeah, that's and that's super reasonable. I mean, I had Dr. Stephen Cabral on the show last week and he's a big proponent. I mean, look, it's a twelve hour fast. Like you stop eating at eight PM and you don't eat again until eight AM. I mean, that's that's pretty straightforward. Like most of us should be able to do that. So Um, if, if nothing else, and you're interested in this whole concept of fasting and intermittent fasting, you don't have to get super fancy with it. Like just do a 12 hour fast to start with. And and that can be super powerful. Um, especially if you're the type of person that finds yourself snacking all the time, eating all the time, um, feel like you've really unstable blood sugar, stuff like that. So, all right, dude, I'm going to let you, let you go. I know your time is valuable, but, um, before I do, where can people find more about you and the, and specifically the warrior dad program?
1: Well, you can uh, just reach me through, uh, office at jacksonstrength.com. Like I mentioned, you know, I didn't, it didn't go into this warrior dad program, you know, thinking, you know, having a fancy website or landing mm-hmm. page, but, um, that will, that will, um, going through that will, will get to me, uh, personally, you can check out my Instagram page. That's where I kind of get more personal, like with my family and books that I'm reading, um, some of my hunting adventures you'll find on there, and then um, on Facebook as well, so Curtis, Curtis uh, R. Jackson on Instagram, and then Curtis Jackson, uh, you might have to get specific with that, uh, because 50 Cent, unfortunately, we have the same name, which hasn't gotten out there, I don't know why I'm actually talking about it now, um, but um, yeah, so you find me on Facebook, but um, yeah, and then uh, I don't do anything on Twitter or anything like that, but uh, you can reach me via the program, it's probably uh, the easiest way is through email.
0: So, so what you're saying is there's a lot of people, you have a lot of Instagram followers that are really confused.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. 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 Awesome. You
0: should That's just awesome put up awesome. a picture of him in your Instagram account. Dude, <laughs> your stuff would blow up. Uh, All right. Good stuff, brother. Um, listen, man, I really appreciate your time. It's awesome catching up with you again. We got to do it again soon. And um, I'm dead serious when I say I'm coming hunting with you next fall.
1: I'll be ready for you, man. And uh, yeah, I'm super stoked to be on there. I had a blast talking to you today. And uh, thanks for having me on.
0: All right, buddy. Good stuff. Take care. I give the best to the family and I'll talk to you soon.
1: All right. Right back at you. Bye.
0: So I hope you enjoyed this episode with Curtis Jackson. Make sure to check out the show notes over at bslnutrition.com slash episode 34. And if you have any questions about health, fitness, nutrition, supplementation, That you would like me to answer on the show, I'm going to be starting a weekly Q&A that I will share the most relevant and timely questions that you've been sending in. I will share those and the answers to those questions on the show. Shoot me an email at my personal email, ben at bslnutrition.com with any questions that you have and not only will I reply, but if the question is relevant, then I will make sure to share it on the show. This episode was brought to you by BSL Nutrition and the Complete Essentials all-in-one training drink. If you've been looking for a comprehensive workout supplement that can help support great energy both in and around your workouts as well as reduce muscle soreness naturally without all the caffeine and artificial sweeteners, then head over to BSLNutritionShop.com and type in podcast at checkout for 15% off your first purchase of either grape and or lemon lime.